Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. In today's economy, more people than ever are looking to buy and sell businesses. But how do you do it? Welcome to The Deal Board, presented by Transworld Business Advisors. Straight talk about real deals and real people. Listen to stories, interviews, and expert advice to help your business sale, merger, or acquisition process. Now, here are your business exit experts, Andy and Jessica. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for listening and joining the show today. Today, we have a great show talking about seller financing, which is a really big component in selling your business and buying a business. And we've gotten a lot of great feedback from listeners that you love our financing episodes. So today, we're really going to take a deep dive into this topic. Yeah, I think it's an essential part. I mean, so many businesses uh, rely upon seller financing to sell. I don't know many businesses that don't. I mean, we could talk about some of the statistics, but it's it's an infinitesimal small amount of businesses that sell without it. Yeah, it's like it's finding the needle in the haystack, right? So, you know, we were just talking Indian and almost every deal requires seller financing in some form. And in the small deals, you have to have a bigger component of seller financing because you're not getting bank loans. Even the bank loans now, typically the banks are going to ask the seller to carry a 10% note as well. So even if if you have an SBA transaction, you're still going to have seller financing on that deal as well. Yeah, I mean, the banks want to see the seller in invested and interested in the buyer's success. The buyer wants to see the uh, success, uh, you know, the, the seller interested in their success and believing in their own business and believing in the deal. I mean, and, you know, as brokers, we want to see the sellers uh, invested in the deal and willing to give a buyer a shot. You know, again, we're trying to do good deals for good people. So part of that is the seller believing in the business so much that they're willing to finance the buyer. and. We see such a low default rate. Yeah, I mean, there there's really very few defaults. And, and I know we have a great interview um, with Deborah coming up after this intro that talks about, you know, how you can mitigate some of those risks and what those numbers look like. But it, it's really small. And, and honestly, if a buyer does decide that they're not going to pay off the loan, usually what they end up doing is coming back to the broker and have the broker reselling the business. That ha- happens to us all the time. But I think an important point you make is, you know, a lot of sellers will ask me, well, why am I going to finance this business for the buyer? They should have the money themselves or go find the money themselves. It's not about the money. It's about the seller believing that business and having a reason to pick up the phone when the buyer calls, you know, two months after sale and they have a transition question or something like that. Yeah. I mean, the buyers want to feel good that the seller's invested again and the buyers have choices, right? So a lot of people are you know, have seller financing in their offering uh, when we're selling their business. So the buyers have choices. So if somebody had $100,000 to buy a business, they could do three things. They could buy a business for $100,000, which probably makes about $50,000 a year, maybe two-time multiple. We talked about that during our- Right, two times. Right. So we talked about that evaluation. So the second thing they could do is maybe buy a business that has seller financing. And seller financing, we'll talk about it in a second, uh, typical terms are 50%. So they could buy a $200,000 business and that business makes, let's say, $100,000 a year. And then they may be able to go out to get a seller um, a, a, a seller that has SBA financing in the deal 
and a deal. And so that's about 20% down or even less, but let's just go right. with 20% down for simplicity. And they could buy a $500,000 deal with that same $100,000. So every buyer, and you could even ratchet that up to the private equity family offices, everybody wants to leverage their money. And right. so the cash deals we see, and we do see some cash deals, um, are often the small kind of liquidation sales, uh, hair salon, restaurant equipment, something where this, uh, you know, the buyer is not going to be liable for something or the buyer is not going to be um, uh, need information, right? Right. There's going to be less risk, you know, like we've done straight inventory deals, things like that, but there, there's less risk. And, and also, honestly, the, the price is a lot lower and the potential for the buyer, the upside potential is a lot higher. So there's that risk reward ratio. But, you know, I, I love that, that example you used, Andy, and, you know, buyers are savvy and, and they really are looking for the best ROI they can get in that business. And if they can put a hundred thousand dollars down, buy a $500,000 business and then their owner benefit their first year owning that business is, you know, 200, $250,000. That's a pretty good deal. So seller financing opens the doors for a lot more buyers. So I guess before we talk about some of the benefits, Andy, why don't we jump in and explain exactly what seller financing is? Sure. So seller financing is a loan and it's a loan made by the seller and the seller is acting as the bank. And we, we could talk about the Typical terms, right? What are what are you seeing out there, Jessica? I mean, typical terms is it's, it's very similar to a bank loan, right? So you're going to see three to five year repayment uh, repayment period, um, and interest rates also similar to bank loans. I mean, right now we're seeing somewhere between five to seven percent. If interest rates continue to tick up, there might those might go higher, but there, it's a very similar term to what a buyer would get at a bank. Yeah, and obviously the seller wants the buyer to succeed, so the term. And the interest is going to have to be commensurate with the payment that's going to be commensurate with the cash flow. So the buyer can actually earn a living, get a return on his equity, and be able to pay off the bank, which is the seller. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've seen sellers say, oh, well, I want... I want the buyer to repay me in a year. And then when you, you do the cash flow analysis, so there's no funds on a monthly basis to make that heavy of a payment. And the last thing you want to do with seller financing is, is put the buyer in a position where they can't make their payments to you as the seller. So you really have to work those terms and make sure it works, not just for the seller, but for the buyer and for the business. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that's one of the other nice things about uh, seller financing is, it is somewhat flexible, right? So we just went through the economic downturn, uh, started about late 2009, 2010, 2011. Sure. A lot of people that bought their businesses at the height with seller financing got in a little bit of trouble and guess what the sellers did? The sellers were able to take interest only. They were able to push off, uh, interest in principal payments during, uh, off season. Uh, we have seasons down here in Florida where, uh, restaurants are busy, restaurants aren't busy. So, so it's, it's somewhat flexible as compared to a bank, uh, that might be inflexible. So there's a lot of benefits to, you know, especially small businesses. Right, right, definitely. So, so let's talk about like now that we're kind of into it, the benefits of seller financing, and maybe we'll talk about just from the seller side first, and then we can address the benefits of seller financing from the buy side as well. So, the first point 
that we ought to make is that businesses are more likely to sell if they have owner financing. People have a specific amount of money, or at least in their head, they have a specific amount of money they're willing to put down on a business. So if your business, you know, has less money down, obviously, and it's very important on the internet, right? We, we talked to Bob right. House and Biz by Sell. We've, and they are able to have like this drop down or, and or enter the amount of money they have as a down payment. Well, if your business has $1 over that, it's not seen. So it, it's right. a huge thing. So as the, as the down payment goes gets higher, the pool of buyers also gets very small. Right. And there's a number of buyers who, if they don't see seller financing as available, they just skip over your business. So, you know, we talk a, a lot about with Bob House too, that there there's the ability on these listing websites to say seller financing available. It's kind of like a checkbox. And if that checkbox is not checked, some buyers don't even include it in their search. And it's a pretty significant amount. So your business is never even considered by those buyers and it reduces your buyer pool and essentially the competition for your deal. And that leads to number two, right? So number two is yeah. the number two point we want to make is that it increases the likelihood of getting a higher selling price. Right. So more competition for your business often equals a higher selling price. But also with seller financing, if you're offering seller financing, it's giving buyers more confidence to go after your business. So I think, Andy, you were saying, you know, in Florida, you guys keep track of these type of stats and it's about a 25% bump if you offer seller financing, right? Right. And and I actually quoted that in a meeting with a seller one time. And he's like, okay, fine. I'll take 25% less. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not how it works. Right. It, it, that's an average, number one. Number two, it highly, it, it, it makes your business highly likely not to sell. Right. So if you decide you're going to have all cash, you may be ignored for all the reasons that we just said. So not only will you not get a higher price, but you won't sell. You always have to, you know, I think as a seller, you always have to put yourself in the buyer's shoes. And if you're shopping for a business and a seller is sitting there and they're like, oh, I'm not willing to offer seller financing. I think the first thing that goes through the buyer's mind is why don't they have confidence that this business will continue in the future, right? So again, it's not about the money. It's about the confidence it shows the seller financing. It's a huge red flag. It's just waving a red flag to the buyer's you know, they're, right. they're scared enough. I mean, buyers are, you know, usually first time buyers. Uh, they're jumping into the entrepreneurial game and you're just waving a red, a, a huge red flag in front of their face saying, beware, you're not willing to give an ounce. You know, you're not giving a cent of, uh, of seller financing. So that leads us to number three, right? So Right. Which is that, you know, seller financing also brings in additional profit, right? So the seller's making additional profit from interest and we, and we get it. It's, it's a risk for sellers to offer financing, but in return for that risk, you get the reward of the interest income from the note that you're going to have with the buyer over time. And sometimes that's a significant amount of money. Yeah. I mean, where are you going to get 5% to 7% interest today? Right. And something obviously risky and, you know, hopefully, uh, you believe in your own business, so you you see your business is not that big of a risk. And if you're going to stay in town or if you're going to stay involved on some level, you don't see the risk. And obviously, you know, it's about picking the right buyer, too. So if you have confidence in that buyer, you know, you're going to want to give them a loan and make sure that they're successful. And, you know, and and by the way, so part of it could be tax treatment as well. I mean, it's, it's a tax strategy not to take all the money up front. 
Right. Yeah. And we're definitely not CPAs and you should talk to your CPA, but a lot of sellers love seller finance because it does spread the taxable income out over a number of years and gives sellers time and different strategies that they can reduce, use to reduce their capital gains cat tax on a sale. Yep. Or, or ordinary income in one year. And, you know, it's, uh, again, you do have to talk to your tax accountant, but it does get installment sale treatment. So, I mean, all the reasons in the world to have seller financing in the deal so it actually sells your deal and it actually helps the buyer and it and you know gets you a higher price uh but you know it does have risk right right it does have risk and you know what the biggest risk is default so there's a lot of stuff you can do in in the promissory note to protect yourself and i think deborah talks a little bit about that in in her interview um but at the end of the day you know i th- i think her- Actually, I know our defaults are so low that the risk is is really not that much when you consider how much more you're getting for your business when you are offering seller financing. Yeah, I I, I would speculate maybe five percent. I mean, we just don't see a ton of it. I mean, it's not like they're calling us up and screaming at us that you know every day. Oh my God, there's so many businesses defaulting, and and you know we're doing hundreds and hundreds of businesses a year. And we just don't see it. Now, quietly, they may be renegotiating and things like that. But again, the ones that we see, as Deborah points out in her interview, and Deborah Carmen is uh, our interviewee today, and uh, she has a, a law firm that closes a lot of deals in Florida. She's been doing it, I, I think she said 35 years, 40 years. I forget what it was. I don't want to give, give out her age. But, um, she, but she's seen so many small business deals. And she's like, listen, I don't see a lot of the faults. And I think that's because we do have things like um, a significant down payment. And and I mean, there's other things like worst, worst case scenario. Typically, the seller takes the business back, right? And then what we do is we end up reselling the business and and the buyer and the seller kind of actually gets a double dip. And, and that's happened a couple times and really to the benefit of the seller, you know, coming out with even more money. I've seen sellers do very well in this process and they've taken a business back and they've cleaned it up a little bit and and flipped it again. And, you know, we certainly don't want to see that. We don't want to see buyers get hurt. We want to see buyers get, uh, you know, get a good deal and uh, be very successful. Uh, but again, they put a significant amount of money down, 50%. They're just not walking away from that. They're calling the business broker. They're calling the seller. They're calling uh, their attorney. They're going to renegotiate the loan. They're going to they're gonna work it out so everybody is, um, you know, kept whole. And so, you know, it's, it, again, it's a great benefit uh, to the buyers. So it, it really helps buyers. It really helps buyers. Maybe that's a good transition. So talking about seller financing from a buyer perspective, you know, what are some things, Andy, that you would recommend to buyers when, you're, when they're looking at using seller financing as a tool to purchase a business? Well, uh, Jess, I've bought several businesses in my life and that one being Transworld. And I definitely had seller notes involved because I wanted to make sure that the sellers were going to be engaged. Uh, and oh, by the way, uh, in the note, we one of the provisions is usually there's a right of offset. So if there's anything that comes up and the, and the you know, seller refuses to pay for a bill or for a for back rent or taxes or anything, uh, the buyer can notify the seller uh, within a certain time period. If the seller doesn't cure it and it's legitimate, then the buyer gets to reduce their note. So it's a great tool to make sure that anything that was left behind by the seller 
gets cleaned up. And, uh, you know, and secondly, it's leveraging your money. We talked about that a little bit earlier. Yeah, leveraging money. And and I've done the same thing purchasing businesses too. And I, I think it's really important as a buyer to use seller financing to your advantage. You know, make sure that you're going to include at least a portion of it in every deal, even if you're using an SBA loan. So you have those things like right of set off and extra support from the seller. Um, and then also, you know, t- taking a look at the financials of the business and making sure you know, your loan payments match up to the cash flow of the business and you're able to pay your expenses for the business, pay the loan payments, but also take home what you personally need to live at the end of the day from the profit of the business on a monthly basis. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's so important for the buyer to be able to survive, live. Uh, And so paying 100% cash for a business is just unlikely, unreasonable, it's not good deals for good people. And, you know, I was in a meeting with a seller the other day and he point, you know, he's, he was immediately kind of taking a stance of how this deal was going to go. And, uh, he pointed to me you know, he said, I'll guarantee you one thing, Andy. He said, I guarantee you, I will never take seller financing. And I just looked at him <laughs> and I said, well, I'll guarantee you one thing. It's highly unlikely we'll ever sell this business for you or you'll ever sell it to anybody. Exactly. Exactly. And every, like, I I can't stress, like, it is so rare that we have a deal that doesn't include seller financing. And like we said, some of the really, really small deals, but, you know, small deals have seller financing, medium deals have seller financing, big deals have a type of seller financing. They're just called something different. They're called earnouts or holdbacks or whatever, but it's still seller financing at the end of the day. And we get it. I know it's scary to finance a portion of the sale price to a buyer that you've only known a few months. But it's just how, like you said, Andy, good deals get done. Um, So hopefully this podcast gives you some more information about seller financing. I'm really excited for this interview with Deborah. It's a lot of great information. And then we also have a couple listings and deal stories specific to seller financing that should help educate you on the process. Yeah. And I would just say if this podcast does one thing is that it just wakes you up if you're a seller and wakes you up and says, I think I need to rethink this seller financing thing because so much time is wasted a lot, a lot of by, by a lot of businesses thinking that they're not going to, you know, offer seller financing. They waste a lot of time on the marketplace. They devalue their business because their, their head's no longer in the game because they chose to sell. And we've seen this. And then they finally, you know, get religion and, you know, their, their price has gone down. So get religion early. <laughs> this is this is the religion of selling businesses is is seller financing. Yeah. So let's get to the interviews and the rest of the episode. Excellent. Transworld Business Advisors is the world's largest business brokerage and mergers and acquisitions firm with over 500 brokers in nearly 200 offices worldwide. Transworld's team handles thousands of business sales every year. To be connected with a qualified business broker or learn more about the buying and selling process, visit tworld.com forward slash the deal board or call 888-719-9098. Welcome back. And we have a very special guest. They're all special, but this one is super special. We have Deborah Carmen from Carmen Law in Boca Raton. And Deborah has been a partner here at Transworld for well over decade, probably for as long as I've been here at Transworld, which is 20 years. And Deborah has literally done thousands of deals, been in the been an attorney for 35 years, uh, knows small business in and out. And 
We wanted to bring her on today to specifically speak again to uh, talk about seller financing uh, from an attorney's perspective and getting a deal done's perspective. And, you know, also addressing, you know, the big fears of sellers, like how do we protect the sellers and really why buyers want to have seller financing too. But, you know, Deborah, we were, we were talking a little bit just before this interview and I asked you to question how many deals, you know, thousands and thousands of deals, you, you even speculated maybe 10,000 deals. Uh, how many deals didn't have seller financing? So I'll let you answer that and maybe just kind of jump into the subject. Thank you, Andy. It's great to be on today. Uh, I'd say about 20 to 30% of the deals we do are cash. And, uh, you know, we don't see very many vanilla deals. So even when I say that they're, they're involving cash, they're still not vanilla deals. But for the majority of the time, we're going to see people take seller financing, and that's because seller wants to get their price. And it makes everyone have a real feel of comfort. A buyer is much more comfortable when he has seller financing because he feels in a, in a way that he's a partner with the seller. And that makes the seller stay on track. And I can tell you that in 35 years of experience, the most successful business owners I see are the ones that have the seller helping them. Because if you don't have that seller help and you feel that you can change the concept of what you bought, then automatically you're coming in with an issue. Uh, my feelings are as an attorney for 35 years that when you see people coming and buying a business, they're buying something that works. And I see immediately when they go to change that, that becomes the issue. When there's seller financing, seller has a little more input, a little bit more uh, say over how they're going to run the business. So they feel more comfortable running the business and that makes them succeed. That's great. And, you know, and when we go to list the business, a lot of times the sellers will look at us and say, I want 100% cash. And as you pointed out, and as we've talked about, uh, as we'll talk about during this podcast, it's probably almost a 25, 30% discount if you were able to get cash. So, and that's if, I mean, seller financing gets deals done, correct? Seller financing gets deals done and we can be as creative as the seller wants us to be. We can be creative with the collateral that they take. We can be creative with a buyer if there's an earnout. There's so many different ways to do a deal. And over 35 years, I learned something new probably every day on how we can structure a deal. I have a deal right now that we're working on where they don't want to take the assets of the business. They want to take real property. And the buyer happens to have a condo worth the amount of the loan. And we're going to go ahead and structure it so it becomes a situation where if they don't pay on the con, they don't pay on the loan, the condo then becomes, of course, uh, after foreclosure, the sellers. So there are a lot of different ways to collateralize a loan. Sometimes people collateralize it with stock pledges if it's a stock sale. So it really depends upon the situation. But seller financing allows us the creativity that we need. So you brought up some unusual situations and it's unusual for people to pledge uh, real estate to back a loan, uh, seller financing, but that can certainly be something that's done creatively. But let's talk about what's usually included in a seller note and how the seller is protected. Let's talk about the usual way, which is to take a promissory note personally guaranteed by the buyers individually uh, and the buyer's spouse if the buyer is married. And also what we do is we take a UCC, which is a Uniform Commercial Code Financing, which says really to the world, this is a lien on this business. Until this business is, uh, until this is paid off, you cannot sell this business free and clear. And that's pretty important. We filed that over with the state of Florida. 
We also do a chattel mortgage, much like you have a mortgage for your house, you have a chattel mortgage, which is a mortgage on the assets of the business. So in that sense, you have those two protections, plus you have the personal guarantee. And for the majority of the point, people do not want to have their credit ruined when they buy a business. They're putting down a substantial amount of money, and they don't want to be in a situation where they fail, and then, of course, they have to declare bankruptcy. Yeah, and and so... We don't see a lot of that. I, you know, I always tell sellers, I was like, we, you know, I've been doing this for 20 something years now. We've done tens of thousands of deals. We just don't see a lot of defaults. And, you know, maybe I'm not on that side of the game. I mean, we obviously have sell buyers, uh, buyers who eventually come back to us to resell their business. But for the most part, you know, these buyers are putting down at least around 50%, and sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less, uh, when there's seller note involved, you know, uh, SBA is a whole different uh, ball game. You can listen to those uh, podcasts and hear about what the structure is in SBA. But for seller financing, it's usually 50%. So we just don't see a lot of defaults, do we? No, we don't see a lot of defaults. And if you're in a situation as a seller and you're having a problem with a buyer, communication is the best way to resolve it. I'll talk to a seller who's had a problem for two years with a buyer, hasn't done anything about it, and all of a sudden wants to do something. The way to do it is to keep track on what's going on with that buyer. And if you find you have a problem, sit down and potentially we can restructure the deal. So that's what really happens is participants, you can't be a participant and walk away. Because once you walk away as a seller and you don't know what anyone is doing, you move, uh, let's say, to uh, to another country, but you never ask what's going on, never, never call the buyer or try to assist the buyer, that's a problem. What we found, too, is that many times buyers have questions, the seller's gone. And that's another issue. How much is the seller willing to continue to assist that buyer to get that note paid? And that's why I said in the beginning, it's almost like a partnership in a way, because if you have a seller that is cooperating, you know, Andy, with the buyer, that rate of success is going to be much better because then that buyer says, this client did this over here. And what can I do to win them over? What can we do over here? That seller is going to have an answer and step in because that seller also, not only are they going to be a, a good person about it, but they want to be paid on their note. So it's really a two-way street when you have seller financing. And I found people who are very successful in getting every single dollar on their note are people who are involved later on with that deal. Not bothering them or constantly being with them, but being there if they need anything. And that's why we put down telephonic consultations. We put down that they can call the seller if there's an issue because we want that avenue of communication to be left open because we want people to be successful. Wow, that's a great summary. And you outlined some points why it's very important for buyers too. that communication, that ability to talk to the seller. Uh, when when a buyer runs into an issue with a vendor or, or a big customer, that that seller has the motivation to jump back in. So listen, we do good deals for good people. That's what it's all about. No, 100%, Andy. And I've noticed too, let's say a restaurant deal, and let's say it's summertime and you're having a really slow month and you can't pay the seller, call them on the phone. You know, start a dialogue and get things worked out. And that's when, when people, you know, are successful in getting their note paid, they will work this out with the buyer. 
Uh, it might be one month that they wait for, and then they get that tacked on at the end. There's all different kinds of ways. Most of the time, that doesn't become an issue. And I think it really is, to some extent, industry-driven, uh, whether or not we know that at some point in time, there could be a slump for that year. And we could also do something in regards of just uh, how we do the payments. Sometimes their principal um, payments are made during the year, as well as payments of principal and interest. Sometimes it's just going to be interest only with a balloon. So we can look at the industry, look over here what you constantly see. And if you know December is a great month, you might want to get paid more in December. You know something that uh, that the summer is a tough month. You might want to do something to help your buyer. So all different ways we can structure this for you. So we make sure that, you know that the seller has as much opportunity as they can to get every dollar. Thank you, Deborah. You are an amazing resource. So to wrap this up, how can people get in touch with you if they want to know more about uh, doing deals or uh, you know helping, maybe hiring you as their attorney when they're uh, buying or selling? People can give us a call, Andy. Thank you. And uh, our number is 561-392-7031. You can look us up on the web or you can do info at CarmenLegal.com. Uh, so it's info at CarmenLegal.com. And thank you so much for having me here today. Thank you, Deborah. Appreciate it. Hey, Andy, you know what time I think it is? I think it's time to talk about our deal of the week. Deal of the week. <laughs> Hey, we're back. And yes, it's deal of the week. And we are very happy to have Aaron Crawford with us to talk about a really unique deal that kind of started out one way and ended another way. So Aaron, why don't you give us the whole story? It sounds really good. So I originally had worked with uh, a gentleman for the last couple of years trying to look for a business. He's in um, his late 20s, has um, really an entrepreneurial heart and was looking to get into something um, to produce, you know, a good income for his family. And he had a small pool route. So he his idea was to sell his smaller route of about 100 pools um, to be able to have a down payment to put something into um other small business. He was looking at dry cleaners, um, you know, little shops and things like that. And then, uh, so we did generate some interest uh, a couple months into the listing. And then I went to him with, you know, very close to an offer. And he said, well, Aaron, I I don't know if I want to sell anymore because my hundred pools quickly went to 170 pools. So I said, "You've, you've done a very good job of building the business, which is fantastic when, you know, you're trying to sell it. But I said, well, why don't you try and look at buying another existing pool route that's larger? Um, so I had a similar listing, but um, it was about doing about uh, three times the revenue as his. And it had been SBA pre-qualified. The seller had um, been in the business for 19 years, wanted to legitimately retire. Um, so I convinced him to take a look at that. Um, they got along super well. Everybody that had looked at the larger route really um, you know, was in the business, but didn't want to pay the multiple uh, that the seller was asking. And so this was um, really, truly a match made in heaven because the buyer didn't really have a whole lot of funds to put down because he wasn't in the market to buy a business. So we hooked him up with SBA lending and the buyer put 5% down, seller carried 5% note. And um, towards the end of the deal, the valuation didn't come in as strong as we thought it would on the purchase price. Um, but the SBA lender did allow us to bridge some of that gap with a consulting agreement for for up to a year. And so we got the deal done in less than three months and everybody's happy. Well, that's a great story of us helping small businesses grow and actually be like their outsourced development, you know, be their VP of development and grow their businesses. So uh, real quick, everybody likes to know the bones of the business. So how much did it sell for? How much SDE was there? And uh, you talked a little bit about financing already. 
So the original asking price was $525,000. Uh, the agreed upon offer price was $500,000. Um, and then the ultimate um, number that we closed on was $468,000. And there was a $15,000 consulting agreement um, attached to that for one year. And the SDE was 210000 on the business. And I think that's it. Great. Thanks for coming in today. Really appreciate it. Hey, Jessica, you know what time it is? Money time? Almost. It's time for Listing of the Week. Hey, welcome back. And we're here with Listing of the Week. And we have Robert Curtis from Transworld of Center City, Philadelphia, and uh, with the city of brotherly love. And we're really happy to have you on. And we're here to talk about a lovely uh, deal of the week. I Excuse me, listing of the week. It's a great listing of the week. And uh, Robert, why don't you tell us a little bit about this uh, company that uh, someone can buy and really expand? Well, sure. And I am hoping it will be a deal of the week pretty soon. Uh, this is a, uh, a niche gift uh, registry and retail store that started about 25 years ago in Center City. They've uh, built a wonderful reputation in the city. Uh, then about 17 years ago, they started an online presence. Uh, at this point, about 50% of the business is retail, 50% is from the online. And they have a, an excellent national reputation uh, in their online presence. Uh, where I see the strength and the future of the business is uh, there's always an expense with a retail establishment, uh, the rent, the staffing, uh, uh, the maintaining of, uh, of stock or inventory. Uh, but with the online, a lot of it is drop shipping. You don't have those expenses. And because it is a niche business, there's a lot of room for expansion and they can uh, strongly compete against the, the mass retailers like the Amazons, the Evines, uh, even the, you know, the Ebays and, and the rest. Um, it's not that difficult uh, a business to learn. The real, um, the essence of it is the buying. Uh, somebody who has an interest in finding What's the next new thing? Uh, what's something of interest to the uh, the kind of customers that uh, this website attracts? So I, I think uh, if somebody locally wants to buy it, they can certainly operate the retail and the online. Uh, if somebody uh, you know in rural Utah wants to buy it, they can grow that uh, that online segment. Yeah, make an excellent business. Sounds good. So yes, it is. So tell me the particulars of the deal that they're looking for. Well, right now, uh, we have it at uh, $200,000 uh, is the asking price, uh, a down payment of $90,000, and the uh, seller will finance the rest over uh, three years. Uh, discretionary earnings right now are uh, 94300 a year, uh, and last year's total sales was 365000 Okay. Sounds like a nice little deal for someone. Yes, it is. Robert, thanks for coming on. Hey, how can they get in touch with you? They can call me at 267-335-7835 or rcurtis, that's R-C-U-R-T-I-S-S at tworld.com. That's great. Thanks, Robert. I really appreciate you coming on. Excellent. Good talking to you, Andy. Take care. 
Thanks for tuning into our show today. If you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcasting app and leave us a review. If you have questions or suggestions for the show, visit us at tworld slash the deal board or email us at the deal board at tworld.com. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.